Welcome back to Not Playing with Lex and Dan. I am Dan. I am Friedman. Lex Friedman. <laughs> You're on point tonight, sir. Thank you. So we're back with season four. We are continuing our journey through all things James Bond. We have consumed, in order, the Sean Connery starring Goldfinger, George Lazenby in On Her Majesty uh, Secrets on Her Majesty's Secret Service. God, that, it really doesn't roll off the tongue. Roger Moore in the movie that I forget the name of. You are crushing For your so eyes hard. only. We're doing great. Uh, and most recently, Timothy Dalton in The Living Daylights, which means we are here for Bond number five, Pierce Brosnan. The, the Irish, I'm excited. The Irish Bond. I feel like it's going to be like, oh, I didn't even know he was Irish. I feel like it's going to be the most, I mean, it's literally the most modern of all the ones we'll have watched together. But you know, that, that's true with each one, each passing one. Yes. <laughs> but I, I feel like it, given that it's a 90s movie, I just feel like it has a shot at being like really kind of relatable to me in, so, in a way that some of the other ones weren't. Like, I don't think it'll feel, I, I don't think it'll feel dated is my prediction. Yeah, the 90s were a long time ago, Lex. I was just watching a movie earlier today that was from the year 2000 and holy crap, did that feel old? <laughs> uh, is this the one with Halle Berry or no? No, this is not the one with Halle Berry. I'll give you that much. Um, Which one was that? That was Die Another Day. That's a very bad movie. I would not recommend it. Um, So, yeah. So, Pierce Brosnan, we're mid-90s, 96, 95? I forget. We we looked it up earlier. 95. So, you and I... So, this is also of an age where, like, you know, when The Living Daylights and License to Kill came out, which was 87, 89, you and I were both probably a little young for those movies. But these yes. are this is probably reasonably the first movie that we would have been of an age, you know, target age to go see. Right. We could have gone to see them if we weren't such little baby baby children. That's probably true. Yeah. Um I did not see this in the theater. I saw this on VHS and I think I saw the following movie Tomorrow Never Dies first and I saw that in the movie theater. That was the is first this Bond Denise movie. Is Richards? Is that who's the Bond girl nope. was in this one? Nope. Man. Uh, in fact, uh, I don't think you will probably even recognize the. You will get. There are two women in this movie, major female characters, one of whom has been in many other things, the other one who has been in fewer things. Uh, I you may not even venture to say. I think it's possible I have seen some or all of the Halle Berry one. I can't swear to that, but I okay. think it's possible I have. Maybe oh. even in the theater. Um, so it's possible I've takes, seen Pierce Brosnan. Partially and takes Bob. place in like an ice hotel, I think. Would have been a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> Would have been one time only, one ping only, a uh, long time ago. That's a that's a double tie-in for not playing, by the I, way. I am, a... I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Um, okay, so what do you Play. know, if anything, okay. about this movie? Uh, okay. I know that the mm, Super Nintendo, N64, N6, something? N64. The N64 game, based on this title, GoldenEye, uh, was very popular. Uh, very popular. I was never hugely into it. I know my friends always had a rule that you couldn't play as odd job, odd job because he was too small a target, yep. and that was the rule there. Um, so because I played it so rarely, I always played as odd job. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you're, I still you're, lost, you're one of those. Sure. You're one of those. Yeah, I got it. I was real bad, real bad. 
I would say, given that I can't even tell you who's in this besides Pierce Brosnan, I know nothing about it. Okay. Um, I, uh, tomorrow never was that the one. What are we watching? We're watching Goldeneye. We're, we're Goldeneye. on fire. We're on fire. I, uh, I know nothing about it. I, tr- I, 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 the song is going to be it's in the nineties. Okay, so the song's going to be by Pearl Jam. <laughs> and, <laughs> I don't and, know who did the song in this. I got to think about that. Goldeneye. That's how it goes. I I'm know guessing. who did Tomorrow Never Dies. I can't remember who did the world. Yeah, I don't remember. I have to look it up. It's been a long time. Wow. So yeah, I uh, I really know nothing. Okay. Just absolutely nothing. Do you? Oh, well, you've seen it, so you know. I all have the seen things. it. Yeah, we're from here on out. We're in we're in territory. We're in known territory. Got it. Uh, but but it has been unknowns. it has been a few years since I've seen Goldeneye. So I remember parts of it. I do remember some other people in it who are fairly well known uh, actors who you know who were not necessarily as well known at the time. And yeah, Brosnan was like my first Bond of like my you know who was like contemporary contemporaneous Bond that I really like identified with i think by this point i'd probably start like read some of the books too and stuff like that it's a very different take it is very 90s i think it's um i think it's good i think it's good i remember being good we'll see we'll see how it ages a lot of these things have not proved to age as well i have this this hunch at least that the the technology will even if it is dated now will obviously given that it's in the 90s but i feel like the it'll be gadgetier i feel like it'll be um batmanier if you know what i mean <laughs> like the car will be fancier and I'm, the gadgetry I'm will be very fancier. familiar with batmanny he is uh he's a nice guy <laughs> batmanny the son on modern family for those of you who know <laughs> no, both of that those joke does nothing for me <laughs> um his name is manny it wasn't that clever no, it's not, not good <laughs> um the let's see I, man, I know the video game was just about shooting people, like running around. And the problem that I have with the video game was not the shooting. It was the uh, geography. Like, I'm not mm. a good navigator, and you mm-hmm. had to like know your way through. You're, the, you're one of those buildings. guys. Yeah, sure. I, 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 have, I know lots of people who have trouble with the sort of 3D navigation games. Uh, that one, that was particularly bad, too, because the N64 is not like, was not, was, they were kind of pushing the envelope there. And it is amazing to go back and remember like how awesome we all thought the graphics were at the time. And then you go back and look and you're like, yeah, this is a video game from like 1996 or whatever. Like <laughs> it looks terrible <laughs> by today's standards, certainly. But I played a lot of Goldeneye in high school and in college. And it was definitely the, uh, one of the de facto games there for a long time. We, uh, we used to go over to my friend's house and play just for hours, hours upon hours. And one of the cool things about Goldeneye is turning into a Goldeneye, the video game podcast. But one of the cool things I really loved about it is how customizable it was. Like in terms of when you set up your matches, you could change all these different parameters. And so we would make, you know, just play all sorts of ridiculous games where it's like the only things you can use are remote mines, which are like bombs that you threw at people um, <laughs> and then set off. Like, and it's just like, Oh, I remember that. I remember yeah, that. we would That's just do that. Imagine. It would just, I mean, we would just make it more and more ridiculous. And I think that was half the fun of that game. Uh, and I feel, I feel like my guess is not really based on the movie, right? Like a tie-in where they digitize some faces in the N64 way. You know, like, more than you might think, but also less than is probably, yes. <laughs> less awesome. than many other tie-ins. Well, I'll tell you, I, uh, I'm i excited, very excited. Good. I feel I, I have the... That was another Bond movie. I got it. Oh, I got uh, it. I was just rolling past, my, though. My... my my instinct is it's gonna be my favorite one to date, but I don't know. I don't know. So you're setting yourself I still feel up like here. I'm at Roger Moore. All right. All right. Well, he's he's more likable, so Yeah. Um yeah. perhaps I this one it. will pierce your heart. We'll we, oh. we never know. 
Okay. Well, uh, that was terrible. Dan, I wish there were a way that other people could watch the movie along with us and not just hear our thoughts before and after. Me too. You know, it would be great if there were some sort of track they could download with our commentary. Get your fingers off the skip button, you jerky listeners. Get your fingers away. <laughs> I know what you. you're doing. We know what you're doing. We're trying to ease you into this. Come on. We tried to do it. You know, I could just be using the same recycled ad read for this every week. And yet, we're doing custom work for you people. So you better appreciate it. All of which is to say that if you would like to listen along with us and you happen to be a member of The Incomparable, hey, you're all set. But if you're not, you can always go up and sign up to become a member of The Incomparable, which gives you access not only to our not playing commentary tracks from this season and all prior seasons, but also gives you uh, a ton of other fun stuff, including access to our bootleg tracks, our uh, first class member bonus feed, our member Slack, all that good stuff. You can go to theincomparable.com slash members, sign up, select from one of our different funding levels, and throw a little bit of money towards your good friends Lex and Dan at not playing when you do so. Once again, that URL is theincomparable.com slash members. Sign up and become a member today. And you'll get to hear us blather over a 20-year-old movie. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo! Do it. I know. Yeah, it's good stuff. Well, Lex Friedman, you and I have just watched Goldeneye. And Even I'm, not for the first time. No, that's correct. And I'm curious because uh, after the last movie that we watched, Living Daylights with Timothy Dalton, you your complaint was that you did not feel that uh, Bond was sufficiently um, uh, lighthearted is not quite the right word, but you know he was too grim. Yeah, I'm curious to know if your if what your what your impressions of of Mr. Brosnan are. I love him. I love him in general. I like him in this. I think uh, he exudes coolness in a way that like, there's some actors who exude coolness in a way that I find not necessarily grating, but that I'm, that I'm jealous of, or that it feels like a front or a fake. Like, I mean, George Clooney is a very cool dude, but he knows he's very cool all the time and it feels like it's an affect in some ways. And so mm-hmm. I don't, it, it sometimes rubs me the wrong way, but I feel like Pierce Brosnan has no choice. Like just the way he looks out a friggin' window looks cool. That's true. <laughs> Do you know what I mean at all? He's got soulful um, eyes. Yes, and just like and just the way he holds himself. Uh, so I thought it's he was classy, classy and elegant too, right? Like yes. there's there's a level of that. And he had a little bit not a hokey one, not a not a goofy, but he had a little bit of a wink to his portrayal, I thought. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He recognized that everything about it was ridiculous. And so I liked his performance as James Bond, while at the same time did not enjoy this movie. <laughs> okay. All right. What what in particular stood out to you as as problematic or that you didn't like well here here's what i did like to okay. start all right because i always start with the i did start like his performance i liked his characterization um I, it really felt like he made it his own and, and again i think this is a, a factor of the 90s versus 70s etc it felt like we had no i thought the the end scene actually went on too long but in general there were just because of a 90 sensibility there were no scenes that just dragged on and on and on and on and on sure which i think some of the earlier films that we watched suffered from that said i still feel like it had about 30 minutes of extra runtime that it didn't need mm-hmm. it felt fat and i wouldn't say and this could just be a reflection on me in fact, I'm sure it is. I wouldn't say that I could conveniently tell somebody the entire plot of this movie. 
immediately <laughs> after seeing it. Do you know what I mean at all? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fairly complex. I'll give you that. Like, there's a lot, it seems to be a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of different villains and like people who are we think is this the villain? No, is this the villain? And like all of that's to like set up a twist. And I think that's one of the more interesting things about this as a Bond movie. And this is something that they go back to a few times in the Pierce Brosnan era. Is just trying to make it a little more. Not exactly morally gray area, but um, adding a certain degree of characterization uh, and depth of characterization that you don't really get in the in the earlier Bond movies, right? Like, so essentially, the yeah. the, the fact that the plot here revolves around, in, uh, you know, his friend uh, who we meet in the in the flashback at the beginning or the the earlier segment at the beginning, turning out to not be dead. Ah, Sean Bean, gotta love him. Dies in everything. <laughs> Dies in every single movie I think he's been in. <laughs> you know, so right, like, so we have a we have a personal dynamic here, right? Which is not a thing that we're really used to with Bond. I don't feel like he his personal relationships aren't um the basis of most of his stories. Yeah. Like he's kind of a he's kind of like a not exactly a cipher, right? But he's a self-contained character that you drop down into a story. And he's like, he's James Bond here. He's James Bond there, right? And so different of the movies, some of the movies we've seen have played a little bit with that. But I think the the Brosnan area, they play with that sort of the most. And with varying degrees of success, because fundamentally, like, a lot about James Bond is a caricature. And so if you start trying to flesh him out too much, it loses a little something. Like, it's it's not as convincing in many ways. I don't... <sighs> You know, I when we were watching this one today, and I'm curious what you think of this movie overall because you haven't said quite yet. But I was thinking, like, maybe I just don't like James Bond movies, and that's possible. <laughs> I think it is possible. I, and but I feel like I like spy movies, and I like like uh, these aren't quite funny. Some of them funnier than others, but like I like I like funny spy movies. Mm-hmm. But uh, like the characters in this one, it, you talked about James Bond as potential caricature, and he I think is is played as as straight as can be in terms of like he is a caricature but they try to make him something grounded in the reality of bond right um whereas famka was like a totally ridiculous character right right i mean she is like over the top cartoon villain right like and then his 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 ex-friend alec 006 whom i really don't feel like he wronged i mean i get why 006 had his own take on things but like coming back with like a scarred face and just a penchant for being evil to everyone <laughs> i don't know it just seemed it seemed like if you're going to be a crazy villain i guess that's what they're doing right they're saying okay we're well, gonna make you a crazy villain but like uh, the dude with a cat i prefer that level of craziness <laughs> yeah it's just sort of over the again exact extra exaggerated leaning in to yeah, it yeah yeah no i i get you i get you i do love sean bean and i i find him delightful in in many things i think he's fine here i don't think that there's a lot of attention given to that character so you know it, it kind of just serves a purpose uh, which is to be the twist uh and and, and doesn't really go much deeper than that mm. uh, as a whole i like this movie i actually rank it second in the brosnan movies um for me uh tomorrow never dies uh, which is the following movie which again was the first movie i saw in the theater and i have not seen it in a very long time but i have very fond memories of it there is in particular a really good a really good car chase sequence in it that i enjoy um and again it's something that you mentioned what i like about it is something that you mentioned about bond in in brosnan's portrayal of bond in this movie is that he seems like he's having a good time right like where he's like driving the tank through everything you know and there's a scene kind of like that with the same sort of um 
you know, he just seems like he's having fun. And, yeah, and that I to enjoyed me is the tank chase scene. Yeah, no, like, it's good. It's well seen. The 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 thing that's interesting to me at like scenes like the tank chase scene is like there was a lot of collateral damage, sure, like, a tremendous yeah. amount. But they also and, do that thing where they try to like make a point of like there's a part where like he runs over a police car and then there's like guys like you know like helping the policeman up out of the wreckage. Yes, right. It's like it's very a team where it's just like oh yeah nobody actually got hurt in that. But that's right. that's kind of the problem with this movie is that like they want to have it that way, but they also then like have. Uh, Trevelyan making like speeches to Bond at the end about like oh what about all the people you've killed right like you can't you can't do both of those right you can't be sort of winking and smiling and being like nobody really gets hurt this is all just and also we're really serious about the grim nature of being a spy slash assassin and so I mean I don't know I I think I mentioned this in one of the other films although I don't remember which one there's there's one we watched where they're all blending together for me now Dan but where there was a uh, a car chase scene and uh, one of the cars had like spike, like the Bond's car had spike things mm-hmm. shoot out of it so it could damage the other car. Uh, Bond commandeering a tank and using it, fine. Humorous, even. But like this epically long scene at the end, uh, the final climactic boss battle, <laughs> yep. uh, it didn't seem to really rely much on gadgetry. I mean, there was the situation with the pen. <laughs> and sure. the dramatic yeah. clicks thereof and i enjoyed that but like a lot when and again i get how this works like i'm not i mean maybe i am dumb about this but i i get that they're gonna get shot at over and over again and the shots will never hit <laughs> and fine but like when it's simply like we escaped because i ducked behind this that's not as interesting to me as like we escaped because i use my magic belt <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and so I like those moments more than just like drawn out battles where it's like let me duck behind this pillar and then not be behind it anymore. Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, and some of that is just I feel like '90s. You know, there's definitely like hail of gunfire style uh, yes. uh, action sequences. This has felt very '90s to me. Um, I've watched a couple uh, older movies in the last few days, and it is definitely fascinating to see. Even it's only the 90s, which I consider very modern, but to see how dated it looks by by today's standards, especially in terms of action, right? Because there's so much less in terms of like CGI that's just things have a different quality to them, right? They are they are working with different budgets. A lot of stuff looks faker because you're relying on things like blue screens more, or you know, you, you the technology is is limited, and it's fascinating to see that because it, it informs the decisions they're making clearly about like, well, what do we consider? There's a lot of model work, for example, in this in this one that I, at the time, I'm sure you're I not would... just talking about peers. <laughs> uh, but at the time, I'm sure I would not have noticed the fact that like, Oh yeah, that, that thing blowing up there was a model because I was not really thinking about it, but it's very apparent in retrospect that like, Oh yeah, that was say, totally a model. They blew up. Not many people living the Pierce Brosnan life where your name is Pierce Brosnan. And then they try to give you cool names to play like James Bond, Remington Steel, mm. Thomas Crown. And you're like, mm. I'm actually probably just cooler as Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> He's pretty cool. He's pretty yeah. cool. But so it, it was interesting to me because I, I found myself enjoying his performance and not enjoying the movie. Like, I, I think I was just bored at stretches. Sure. <laughs> I, I want to be, if I'm not going to care tremendously about the characters, which I didn't for the most part, then it's got to be like really entertaining on all other ways. And I felt like it wasn't in that respect. Mm-hmm. Um, when was Judy Dench introduced? This was this, this her was first? the first one. Yes. Got it. And has M been a character in prior ones that we've watched? Yes. So it's always, okay. always, Bond's boss is always M. It's the code name for the, the head of the service. So we've seen him in the past played by uh, Bernard Lee mostly. 
So it's not the it's not supposed to be the same M. <laughs> no, I mean, and that is, I think, why there's a reference to your predecessor there. Right, right, right. There's one. I I think we discussed this at the time in uh, For Your Eyes Only. The actor who had long played M had died, and so was not in it, I believe. Uh, and then they replaced him with a different actor in The Living Daylights. Uh, but yeah, but um, Judy Dench starts out here and is a she's a fixture for a little while. Yes. I like her a lot. I actually, I really... I believe her character dies in the Daniel Craig era. <laughs> uh, that may be true. I like her a lot. I actually enjoy... I mean, Judy Dench in general, obviously. Right, she's Judy Dench. She's like, fantastic. She's gonna, exactly. Uh, but I like that role, and I like the dynamic that she and Bond have. Uh, and this is... I mean, obviously, we should talk a little bit about sort of the gender roles and treatment of women in this movie. It's It's... It's it's on an upward trend. Like in this one, I think I feel like they try to cover themselves by having the women uh, embrace Bond's grossness. Like when uh, the woman who's there to to shadow Bond for a couple of days to monitor him uh, is disappointed in some of his behaviors at first, or is asking him to slow down and he won't, and he stops and he's flirting with her, and she's like, "That's like." I guess no. He did this in two scenes, right? With money penny, he's like, she's like, this is sexual harassment. He's like, what's the punishment? And she's like, well, you've got to do me. And uh, then with the the person who's inspecting his work, he's like, why don't you and I also sleep together? And she's like, okay. Uh, so the the women being willing participants in their own harassment, I feel like is, is supposed to be like, a, look, it doesn't matter that he's womanized because the women love it. Yeah, I don't yeah. actually think that's a great argument. No, it's really not. It it. It, it has that veneer of we're really like enlightened and liberated without actually getting to the substance of it, right? Like, like you said, they're wallpapering over it by making it seem like, hey, we're <laughs> we're, we're really equal about these things. Women can also like to have sex with James Bond, right? Like, yeah. that's no, that's that's not how that works. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's treated more as a punchline, right? The sexual harassment thing, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like that was the case in a lot of things in the 90s. Like, that was often treated as a, like, frivolous issue. Like, dismissed in the way that political correctness, I feel like, is often used as, like, a, a punchline. Um, and, you know, it's not. It's obviously not. But, like, uh, yeah, the times uh, they, they the times were different. Uh, that's not an excuse. It's just uh, a, this is how they got away with making it. And I, I am curious to see how the next Bond movies are. Like, ones that haven't even been made yet let's say because the times are different now i but, mean yeah you know, exactly like that even I the more know. recent ones i i i say still have lots of problems with this um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know they don't pass the bechdel test they, a lot of women get you know like sort of fridged and you know basically killed off to to motivate bond or other male characters right like they there there are a lot of problems there are a lot of problems i guess i would also say and I think I mentioned this last time. I'm a little bit tired of the Russians as the bad guys in these movies. <laughs> I would, I don't know. I'm tired of it. I, I don't know. Maybe they always are. Maybe I just haven't noticed that. And that it's like every single time. But Post, like, it's definitely less of that going on because, I mean, they're, they certainly play into it later. Like Robbie Coltrane's character does reappear in at least one, mm-hmm. um, the the Russian gangster uh, at least one more Bosnian movie, maybe two. I don't really remember. I think they start moving away from that, right? Like, cause this comes out, this is 95, right? So we're four years after the fall of the uh, Soviet Union. And so I think they decided that was sort of a rich 
vein for them to tap into was this sort of post post Soviet Union Russian crime angle, and it's fine, but it's not. You know, they're trying to find their footing with a new franchise. It's been so at this point six years between this and the most recent um, Bond movie, so there's some readjustment. Um, but yeah, I think that this tends to be sort of the last hurrah. And I'm trying to remember. Maybe I'm wrong. It's been a while <laughs> since I have it's been watched. A while. Thank you. Uh, but so, I mean, uh, I don't know exactly where I rank it in the ones we've watched. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my least favorite. But yeah, it's, I don't know. I just, it didn't hold me the way I expected. Like, I'm trying, like, again, we we talked about this last time when I was anticipating Pierce Brosnan. Like, I really enjoyed the Thomas Crown Affair. And I think I wanted this movie to be that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whereas, I, I haven't seen the Thomas Crown Affair in years. And I remember really liking the beginning of the movie, the end of the movie, and finding almost everything in the middle very boring. But it may also be that I was the wrong age when I saw that to appreciate it or something. I don't know. Like the beginning and the end of the movie is really like of that movie is really where like the heists are, and that's what yes, I want. The actual heists, yep. Whereas the middle was just like the you know him fighting with Dennis Leary and others. Dennis Leary's in that? Jesus, I haven't seen that in a long time. Dennis Leary's like one of the main cops or investigators. All I remember, I it's basically just him and Rene Russo, isn't it? Like that's yes, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm as big a fan of Rene Russo as the next guy, but and again, it, I I can't find any movies that don't have Russos in them. <laughs> nope, didn't work. Tried. <laughs> Nope, gonna gonna just let it go. Uh, I, it's funny watching this. I mentioned I was watching another movie of the similar era. Uh, my girlfriend and I were watching the second Mission Impossible movie, and that so that's from two thousand, and it was amazing how dated parts of that felt. And also, they similarly have an issue with treatment of women, uh, women characters, etc. And that movie, yeah. in, in many ways, felt very much like it was coming on the heels of um, because the first. So the first Mission Impossible movie, I believe, came out in 96, so a year after this. Uh, and the next one felt very much like it was trying to capitalize on some of the Bond portrayal. Uh, and yes. it doesn't really work there. Like, the later ones get away from that, and I think that that's more successful. But they are definitely trying to capitalize on sort of the Brosnan-Bond era, and I think it's it's problematic. Um So, yeah. Any more thoughts about Goldeneye? The video game was better, I'd say. <laughs> I would agree with from, that. From what I remember. I would agree with uh, that. Who's, who's our next Bond? Are we, uh, is, it, is it Daniel Craig already? It is Daniel Craig already. I know. It seems like we just, uh, we just started. But no, we're up to Daniel Craig, our most recent Bond. We will be watching his debut, Casino Royale. That's about 10 years. I think that's 10 years after this movie, basically. 10 or 11 years after Goldeneye. So quite a big jump there. Uh, Brosnan has three more movies after this, and they get... I would argue, aside from Tomorrow Never Dies, which I like, which is the next one, although I know it's unpopular by a lot of standards, um, the two after that are pretty terrible. The World is Not Enough and Die Another Day. I would not really recommend either of them. <laughs> is one of those sung by Sheryl Crow for the theme? <sighs> Maybe. Could okay. be. So we're already up to Daniel Craig, so we are up to the most recent Bond yeah. after this one. Yeah, um, and, and after that, we will we you will you will get your pick of bonds, and I will pick a movie from that bond for us to watch for our final episode. All right. So I'm I'm into it. Wait, wait, are we each picking one or just I am? <laughs> well, I figure you pick the bond, I'll pick the movie. Oh, I see. Got it. Makes sense. Yeah, she did. Tomorrow never dies. Okay, she was okay. Sure, sure. I knew there was a there's a Katie Lang song in that too, which is why I got confused. 
Well, yeah. All right. Well, I, so far, I don't know who I would pick. Um, I guess probably Roger Moore. Interesting. Okay. And that's the, that's definitely the one I have the least familiarity with. So I'll have to maybe I'll have to cast about for some opinions on that. But you never know. I like if you hadn't said most of the Pierce Brosnan movies are terrible, <laughs> then like maybe I should try another Pierce Brosnan one. But we'll see how Daniel Craig does. And... I like Tomorrow Never Dies. So that's I. If you picked Pierce Brosnan, that would probably be my choice. The other ones I would have to. You don't pick George Lazenby. That's not allowed. <laughs> well, I right. I am intrigued to see a, the performance by Craig Daniel Craig. <laughs> I think I saw Casino Royale in the theaters. I'm not sure if I've seen it again since then. I really enjoyed it. So that's all I'll say. But it was that, that it's funny because there was 10 years between GoldenEye and that. And it's been over 10 years since Casino Royale. So maybe even that will look dated now. I don't know. Yeah. Hard to tell. All right. Well, Dan, I appreciate your watching this one with me. I'm sorry I didn't like it as much as you did. But, um, I don't know. I remain optimistic about Mr. Craig as well. There are things I liked about this movie. I will say I don't. I don't know that I loved it. It didn't hold up as well as I think it did in my memory. Um, but yeah, I'm. I, I probably. That's still what they're going to say about not playing one day. It's <laughs> probably what they say about it now. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for everybody out there for listening along, and we hope you enjoyed our discussion. And if you listen to the commentary, we hope you enjoyed that too. Dan and Lex will return in Casino Royale. And we'll continue to further our bond. What do you think he means by that, dude? I assume there would be like a written portion. See, I'm glad you went with written. Yeah, the other, I realized the other option right after I finished saying it. <laughs> this uh, episode of Not Playing is rated R for innuendo and innuendo. There's no R in innuendo. <laughs>